You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You're tuned in to Pen Drop Discussions. We're delivering insightful information through genuine conversations. Never miss a message that's for you. You're t- What's going on? You're now tuned in to Pen Drop Discussions. As usual, this is your host, Tyler Parker. I am very excited to be back with you guys once again today. And, you know, today we are going to be talking about the perfect opportunity and i am so excited to get into this topic because i am fresh out of bible study tonight i am fresh out of you know reading isaiah chapter six with my sister uh one of my sisters i should say um uh the word tonight was absolutely uh, amazing and i just feel so empowered and so enlightened that I am ready to share and pour out with you guys. So, you know, there was enough that was poured into me that I can share with you guys. So, you know, before this day ends, there's going to be two pin drop discussions and we can start fresh tomorrow. So I'm excited. Hope you guys are ready. Let's lock in pin drop discussions. Today is Wisdom Wednesday, obviously, and it is about 1047. I have just had a day. I've been asleep most of the day. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, It's been an interesting transition period for myself, spiritually speaking. So, you you know, I like to talk about bridging the gap between mental health, spiritual health, and physical health on this podcast. And... You know, just letting that be the catalyst for healing. And today we're talking about the perfect opportunity. And where this came about is I literally just, you know, had this thought. Well, not even a thought. It was a revelation. And as I was um, preparing to make this uh, make this flounder in my air fryer, you know, I was like thinking about this current situation that I'm in. And I'm like, yo, what if God was just using the situation around me to say, hmm, this is the perfect opportunity for me to provide the healing that Tyler needs so that I can save his soul. One of the most uncomfortable things that I've ever heard in my entire life was when my father was about to pass away. He was sitting at my kitchen counter. My grandfather was there. My mom was there 
and there, there's a little island in my kitchen. My grandfather was standing up beside the island on the uh, right hand side, as he usually did. You know, we usually have those talks there. My grand and my father was sitting there in the chair on the left on the left side of the island, and my mom was standing behind. You know, I think she was like at the sink. And my dad looked at me. I forgot the type of conversation we were having, but knowing the conversations that my grandfather and my father had, any type of conversation that anybody had with Jethro Mitchell <laughs> was going to be spiritual. It was going to be something about the Bible. And you already know, you might catch a little deliverance if you're, if you're in that house um, talking to, to Jethro Mitchell. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, and... You know, of course, the the transition, I was sitting at the kitchen table. It felt like I was at the kids' table, and I was just sitting there. I forgot what I was doing, and my dad looked over, and he goes, you can save my soul. Like, we had already known he was sick at this point. You know, he had cancer for um, probably seven years, I believe, at that point. Uh, and, you know, this was... Um, this was one of the last conversations I remember having with him vividly before he got sick and went to the hospital. And it wasn't really a conversation. It just scared me because it was like he was talking. He was talking through me. Like I could like the I could literally feel the room spinning. I was 18 at the time. Yeah, so I never had um, at that time I was. I was still new to pretty much everything. You know, I hadn't done anything. I was pretty. Uh, just innocent, I'll say, to that to that particular point. He started going downhill, and I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And I was just like, man, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what he meant by that, and I don't know, like, what he thought I could do or who he thought I was, but, I mean, I'm, you know, nobody in particular. You know, I don't, I don't even know how you save a soul. And, you know, I was... I wasn't complete on my complete journey of disobedience and uh, like I had just, I had just warmed up being a rebel, you know, cause we had, I had left uh, first congregational United Church of Christ in, in like 2016. Cause I just didn't, it just, I just didn't feel like I was getting what I needed and not that I wasn't getting what I needed from the pastor cause uh, the pastor was great. It was just like the, just like the community in itself you know what I mean I was just like I didn't feel necessarily super received and I think that is something that has come about later in life that it's not about the reception per se but it's about you know how you present yourself and anyway this I'm, I'm gonna bring it full circle in just one second and you know so I, I think I left the church from like 2016 to like 20 no no not 2016 i'm sorry i left when i was 16 and i you know started coming back around when i was like um like later in life i want to say i started i think i came back like after audrey was born so like 22 it was like a couple of years later and then um, i rededicated my life to christ um through my you know through my brother uh was it through air no 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 i did it in at&t I was in the store and, you know, I got down on my hands and knees and I prayed and I asked God to come back into my life. I think Eric had just come into the store and I hadn't seen Eric in God knows how long. And we just like reconnected from there and low key haven't really separated since then. Um, 
And that was good guys. And I was 22. I'm 29 now. So it's been like seven years. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, I was thinking about that this morning. I had a dream last night about my father. And, you know, I was crying in my dream, but I couldn't cry. And my, um, I couldn't, I couldn't naturally cry. Like I never cried at the funeral. Um, it took me some time, like afterwards, to actually like release tears. And you know, it's like the the whole time going through situations in life and just like dealing with the repressed memories of the repressed and the suppressed memories of the relationship that we had and some of the things that were said. It's just like, all right. Well, what did he mean by save my soul? And tonight in Bible study, we were talking about, we started off in Isaiah 28, 10 through 11. And it's like Yahweh has given us precepts. And it was like, you know, line upon line. I, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase. Like you have to go to your Bible and, and read it. Um, if you so choose, the scriptures were um, James 4, 8 through 9, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6. But I ended up reading 5 through 10, uh, probably because I, I needed it. And there's also Ephesians 6, 11 um, through 18, but also six, Ephesians 6 and 1, um, Hebrews chapter 4, Romans 12, 1 through 2, and Philippians 2 and 5. And we're talking about, like, we were all over the place, but it started with building this fence around your heart. And the fence was like not to keep people out, but to be able to protect your heart. And what it was was like, you know, when we desire to, you know, set up these boundaries and set up these uh, parameters that we need to, you know, kind of know what tools we're going to need for the job, you know, the layout of the land. We're going to need to know if we're too far over into our neighbor's yard. Like where, where do we draw the line? Where is, where, where, what is our parameters? they're really going to be working with, you know, and because um, you need to know the, the material that you need. Like there's so much that goes into it and it's planning and it's strategy. And, you know, it's also dealing with warfare. And it's like, you know, to be able for someone to say, save my soul and not just for someone, but for anyone to follow after your wisdom or after your teachings is you it puts you in a place to become a teacher and i feel like it like now looking at that i feel like that situation it wasn't just my father saying that i feel like that was my father affirming the role that i that i needed to take was to be a teacher and you know, it's like, how can you go forward with the things that God is telling you? And, you know, a lot of times we, we, we talk about rejection and like this week, we're spent like we're specifically zooming in on the spirit of rejection. And a lot of it is geared towards purpose and calling. You know, if you really wanted to put a microscope on it, because it's like, why do you feel rejected? Because you feel like you're not enough to do what? Like rejection doesn't just become it just doesn't come because you feel like you're you, you because you feel like you're rejected for no reason. Like you wouldn't feel rejected if you never desired to be married, to never desire a relationship. If you're just like, oh, you know, I'm just shooting the breeze. I don't really care. And then something happens. It's like, oh, cool. But if you desire to be married and it's like, OK, now I feel this rejection. 
now I feel the heat of this rejection. Now, like you want to, you desire to be a a lawyer, a doctor. You get rejection letters from schools. You get rejection letters from from peers that don't want to take your take your work. You know, if you you're deemed to be intellectually challenged or not on the level that they need that you need to be to become this role or to fulfill this purpose that you have, and you know it it gets into your mind about your identity of who you are and your heart is where those things lie and where those treasures lie because it's like you know what maybe I'm not good enough to be on this level and it's not about you know what you deserve to be like this walk with God like none of this is about what you deserve whether that's positive or negative you know what I mean it's like Let's take for instance, I love using this story, but it's like Mary, when she had Jesus, did she deserve to bring the son of God in a stable with animals? Like it, if you can really like just process it, I think that's like one of my favorite things to, to bring up. Cause it's like, if you really think about it, she was supposed to be the most favorite woman in history. Did she deserve that? Like, she could have complained. She could have been like, the whole time, like, oh, they're closing doors in my face. She's facing rejection. On a, like, oh, oh, my husband about to put me away. Oh, he thinking about leaving me. And in that time, like, not just put away, but you could have been killed. You know what I'm saying? For something like that. So it's like, okay. Like, it just does not seem like everybody, like, there's nobody <laughs> confirming what I know. What I hear from the Holy Spirit, what I heard from the angel, and I'm I'm just because well, there was there was no Holy Spirit. It was it's just the angel, right? At that time, the Holy Spirit hadn't entered into the the realm of Earth, I guess. Um, because Jesus had to die on the cross for the Holy Spirit to come, and the thing is, oftentimes it's not about the about what we deserve. And when I say the the theme of today is the perfect opportunity, as I feel like God looks at these at these situations and He says, mm, "That right there, I like that. I'm gonna use it." It may not look like something that we desire or deserve, and that can be on a positive or a negative. It can be like, you know what? I don't think this 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 situation right here this doesn't look good doesn't sound good but i'm gonna see god and they making that decision to say i'm gonna see god i'm gonna choose to commit i'm gonna choose to stay in god's standards if job said you know what all of this stuff that's happening around me don't look like god <laughs> you know what uh i'm gonna just walk away i'm gonna just you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna just pack this up you know my wife i might have to listen to my wife you might just have to she's like you know what this this ain't god right here job said no nah. I trust God. I'm a serve God. I, I love God. I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. Sometimes these situations may not even be permanent situations, but you say you have to say, I'm going to trust God, even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the confusion, because God is not the author of confusion. But in the midst of the storm, you need to be able to have peace past all understanding to be able to say, you know what? I might not trust the dynamics of this situation, the logistics of what's going on here, but I'm going to continue to get in my word. I'm going to continue to, to live to the best of my ability to live as righteously as I possibly can because I know I'm going to fall short, but I'm not going to intentionally 
fall short. I'm going to put plans in place to continue to pray, to continue to praise and worship, to continue to have his words on my lips, to continue to let uh, my feet, you know what I'm saying, dance dance for joy i'm gonna continue to be a light to other people i'm gonna continue to encourage other people i'm gonna continue to be what i need so that i can be in correct standing so that god can use me when it's time for him to use me and i'm gonna look at these situations that are around me whether they be positive whether it be as beautiful as it is designed to be or whether it be as flawed as the earth has corrupted it to be. I'ma see God in it. So that's all that I have for you today's Wisdom Wednesday. Um, real short episode. I hope you got well, not real short, because it's about 15 minutes. But either way, hey, it's been a blessing talking to y'all. Um, it's been an encouragement just to continue to do these pin drop discussions to get the feedback that I do. Um, love you guys. Hope you guys um enjoy. Like I said, if you um, I'm extending the invitation. If you have my phone number, you know, obviously call me if you want to be on the show. You are on the Instagram, um, Twitter, or Facebook. Just shoot me a message, and I am ready to open the floor to. I would say whomever. Um, I definitely want. I I definitely want to hear what you guys have to say i'm open to discussions because that is a part of pin drop is discussion so um peace praying and loving you guys praying for and loving you guys as always and i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your wednesday and i pray that thursday is a blessing and you receive blessings wisdom and revelations and discernment amen peace Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.